I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Good morning, good afternoon. Hello, it's Oops the Podcast. I'm Francis. He's Julio. Good yeah, yeah, to see yeah. you, pal. It's good to see you too, man. I like the glasses. I'm wearing my my blue blockers. Your X specs. Yep. No cops are gonna attack me with these puppies on. <laughs> the idea that they would attack you without them on is hilarious to me. Yeah, would you get it? Blue blockers. <laughs> What's that? Oh, that's crazy. No, it was a terrible joke. No, that's an, is that a no, like blue like the police. That's right. Oh, the blue yeah, light. we all got it. Nobody liked it. I didn't. I actually did not get it. But it I do. Stupid. I do like really it. Really stupid. I do stupid like way to start the show. It's, all right, it's my it. fault. Um, good to see you, pal. Good to see uh, you too. Speaking of starting the show, we have a big announcement. We do have an announcement. So, um, you know, we went to three episodes per week at once. Quarantine started. We felt that one. You know, given that we were recording via Zoom. Uh, it was something we wanted to do. And now that we are back in studio, we want to return to our previous uh, scheduling of just two episodes a week. We're going to stretch them out and go longer with each episode. So you're really not going to lose much content. But <clears throat> three episodes a week is a lot. Um, and especially given the production demands of of producing three episodes a week in with, the studio yeah in the studio with all the hardware and the gear the the files are big the uploading of the files for chris uh i don't know what sort of computer he's using maybe it's just a typewriter <laughs> but uh it takes a lot of hours for him and to do three studio episodes a week it's just it's just a lot and while we are so appreciative of everyone who listens to every single one of our episodes, um, we're hopeful that, you know, returning to two episodes a week and, and stretching them a little longer is not going to be too much of a setback or a, a lessening of our show. So we intend to bring you once again, two episodes per week. Uh, we'll have guests here and there, but we've really been enjoying just having the two of us. Mm -hmm. And so that's going to be our schedule going forward. So just thank you so much. the two of us. And it was always our intention, by the way, to um, to go back to two once we were back in studio. So that's where we are at. So hopefully that's okay with everybody. Beautiful. Awesome. With that all said, um, Julio, I, uh, I wanted to ask you a quick question about air travel etiquette. Let's hear it. So... If you're seated in a seat where the window, let's say you have the window seat. Okay. And the window is sort of split <laughs> between your row and the row behind you. Mm -hmm. Who gets to decide if you lower the shade or keep it open? It's an interesting... Uh... There's a, by the way, there's one correct answer to this, so I'm hopeful that you are going to get it right. Okay. <laughs> I think there's a lot of things on planes that could be solved with better communication, but I think under the assumption that there is no communication happening, I think the person behind has the right... Oh, God. You think that's incorrect? Because the person in front can't even see it if it's in front of them, if no, it's behind them. No, hold on, hold on that's that's a fine answer given the information i've provided and your what <laughs> assumption you're making here's the thing sometimes 
those windows are very clearly 70% in your row, 30% in the uh, row. In the other behind. person's row. Okay. It's very rarely that Split. they're 50 right, 50, right, right, that right. the seat itself splits the right. window in right. half. Right. And especially if the row behind you has their own full window. Oh, okay. Well, I guess you, no, I see what you you're would saying. too. If you have a sliver of a window, you probably have a little bit of another window. You definitely too. should. Right, right. On my flight here, mm-hmm. my window was at least 65% mine, 35% hers. Okay. So theoretically, then you have the right to to decide if it's, it's open mine or not. to control. Yeah. If you have the majority of the window, it's yours to control. It's mine to control, and she shut the shade to catch some shut-eye on a 52-minute flight. Right. I was reading my book. I needed the natural light from the window. By the way, uh, flight was at 2.30 p.m. So a 52-minute <laughs> flight. Midday. Middle of the day, and this woman thinks, finally, <laughs> time to catch up on my sleep. <laughs> and she shut the shade. Now, once somebody shuts the shade, if I were to reopen it, that is an act of war. Yeah, agreed. 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 And this is making me think, like, I wish that I was more willing to start confrontations. Me too. (laughs) Because, dude, I, listen, and I know that you listening, and I've, like, even had people message me telling me that it's fucked up the way that I've handled some of my COVID uh, confrontations with people in public, like, the grocery store encounter. There was yeah. another one. I forget. Oh, the one where I stared at the lady through the window. Still, the idea of reopening the window and then having to sit there three feet away from that lady from the rest of the flight is not worth it to me. No. No. But and- I wish it was because I see people who it's worth it to and it's I love watching them in action. I'm like, wow. Yes, but you watch them in action on cell phone videos that have been posted on TMZ where mm-hmm. a person is being kicked off the flight. <laughs> All right, fine. But I mean in person. And I it have starts friends. with this kind of thing. I have thing. friends who can't go anywhere without getting into a fight with somebody. And sometimes it makes me uncomfortable. And other times I'm like, that must be so freeing to just be able to speak your mind at any time to anybody who crosses you. I guess. Anyway, right. if, you're, if you're a person who goes through life constantly simmering below the lid that's not ideal just one wrong look away from ending (laughs) up on tmz as a viral video of being thrown off a flight right not ideal that's tense that's not a great way to live agreed agreed uh but this woman put the shade down i did my best now it's dark in my row and i can no longer read my book so I turned on the light overhead, but the light overhead was so dim mm. that I could barely discern it. And now I'm starting to get headaches from reading in darkness. Mm. I'm almost running my thumb over the print on the page like it's Braille <laughs> to try to read like I'm reading in a cave. And with, I don't know, 15 minutes left in the flight, they announced our descent. And that was when I finally gathered the courage to lift the shade only about 40% of the way. Got it. And she did not respond at that point. It made me mad, though, that she had the gumption to do this. Right, dude. Yeah, that's frustrating. There's something annoying about the window rights. I mean, even when I'm in an aisle seat, I hate landing without being able to see what's going on. Yeah. And 
Like it annoys me when people keep the window closed before landing. Like, aren't you supposed to open them? Yeah. 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 If we're if we're blowing up, I need I want one last look at this <laughs> Mother planet Earth. I love that to ground me. <laughs> Dude, I I'm it made me mad. It really made me mad for fucking 30 minutes that's frustrating dude. and i didn't know what to do because you start thinking about your options you think about turning your head behind you and saying do you mind if i lift the shade and then you think well i shouldn't have to do that this is my shade <laughs> and then you're like well then do you explain i have 70 percent of this shade therefore i have full control i should have operating ability over yeah. this yeah absolutely it, it it made me mad i'm sorry dude I have uh, a I have a it made me mad moment as well to share. Hit me. This is good. So another fucking uh, maintenance person told me that I have gained weight again. <laughs> another one. Who are these people? Oh, you look big, Julio. Oh, you look big, Julio. It's like there's a conspiracy, they're, and they're concerned. A couple couple things. Who does that? Like, why do people feel so comfortable insulting me? I don't understand <laughs> what it is about me. That, you know, so at first I'm like, fuck, like, all right, whatever. Like, yeah, I've been, you know, not kind of maybe having quarantine, a little quarantine fun, whatever. Feeling guilty, being like, I need to change it. I need to. And then all of a sudden I was like, but also what if I just don't do anything? Who fucking cares? I was like, yeah. I'm a fluctuator historically. It's never affected how much I've gotten laid. I'll still bang your mom, dude. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Fuck it. Like, I'm supposed you to say that to him. I know. I'm not so I'm supposed to like myself less now because I've gained 10, 15 pounds, however much. I don't even fucking know. So whatever. I, so I, this is to everybody who feels bad about the fact that they've gained weight during quarantine. It's all right. It doesn't make you less of a person. Mm. You know what I mean? As long as you're not like physically like impaired because of it, you shouldn't feel yeah. bad. Yeah. Fucking if you want to get in shape, get in shape. But that doesn't mean you should hate yourself right now. That's my opinion. It's uh, it's a good point. We talk about wellness and and body type a lot on the podcast, and the only counterpoint that I can offer, and I'm I hope this isn't annoying. <laughs> it's not. It's not. Is my abiding philosophy is that staying in shape is so much easier than getting in shape. I that's yeah, absolutely true. It is so much easier to keep pace than to catch up. Absolutely. And so I just have always tried not to say I can let myself go and then I'll get, I'll come back. Right. And let, let me also say that I've, I've hired a personal trainer. Have you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, so, you know, whatever I'm saying, what I'm saying, I still am interested in the prospect of getting back in shape, especially for when like our lives resume mm -hmm. and like, I have to be on camera and stuff, even though I know I have to be on camera here, but well, you know what I mean? I just... You know what it is, dude, is New York city is a skinny city right i've been up in maine and there are fat fat people up there Dude. i mean it is a it is a land of happy yes warm people alaska too dude they you know, are those cold warm. climates you know you yeah get some hibernating padding and you and you start to think i i remember landing in, in newark and then taking an uber into the city and you're coming down you know ninth avenue and you're looking around and you're just saying, wow, there is nobody very overweight in this yeah, city. Yeah, it's true. Everyone's it's in black. Everyone is slimming. Uh, there's, there just seems to be an unspoken agreement that if you're going to walk these city streets, you better yeah. be slim, whether through cocaine or working out, <laughs> however you want to do Smoking. it. Smoking. Dude, totally. Yeah. That's true. So 
that that's a very very good point. So I'm hoping the beam back here is gonna gonna help uh, mm -hmm. my process as well. But I would like to also put this out there, and I think this is funny. What is a good comeback I can give? Because I anticipate over the next few weeks, as I'm in the process of either accepting my new body or attempting to get back to my old body, I would like to have a, an effective comeback. I think what you that isn't that isn't you're ugly, like something that isn't like something that's like smart and good and like makes them feel bad for having feeling comfortable enough to tell me. I think, well, all right. The first thing I was going to say is what you just said was hysterical. I could still bang your mom <laughs> because it's so, it's so intense and it's so plants that image in their head. And you've got this smile that really does say, I have the ability to sleep with your mother. Thank regardless you. of her relationship status you. with your dad <laughs> and 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 you're that guy you are that guy you you go on dates with girls moms that That's you right. know you yeah, right. you've you've just been that disarming young fellow your whole life that you're the tennis <laughs> instructor yeah. you are the guy that young men fear <laughs> they will walk in on banging their mom behind their mother yeah that's good. okay so i Thank think you. that that's one but if you really want to make them feel bad you could say something like, I'm comfortable in my own body. <laughs> Dude, that is so funny. The idea of, oh, Julio, you looking, you looking fat, Julio. And me going, I'm comfortable in my own body. <laughs> That's such a funny moment. What a, what That's a wonderful. immediately disarming, halt you in your tracks thing that is going to make that person feel like complete shit i know and i'm thinking about me doing that right i say i'm comfortable in my own body and they'll go you're too comfortable in your own body julio well if they double down <laughs> then you, you know i'll be like touche then you touché, gotta go to Mina. the no that's who said it to me Mina. don't concede yeah you're right you're don't right. concede if he comes back with too comfortable then you can say something you yeah. could get you could get mean i guess Good. We'll see if anybody has any suggestions also in addition. I like you. I like yeah. your dude. I'm, I'm going to try that. That's going to happen. And it's going to be really funny when it's one of my peers and I look at them very seriously and I'm just like, I'm comfortable in my own body. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's almost like a, like a, a video they show you how to deal with the situation and like, and like orientation, yeah. fat shaming orientation. <laughs> and there's <laughs> actors and like everyone watching is like, that's ridiculous. That is funny. Dude. Though. Uh, the, uh, my mom told me that I was a very uh, difficult child to mm -hmm. raise, and I knew that. But she said her technique was that whenever I was having, you know, bursting out of my own skin, or if I would say something that was crazy and hurtful as a child, <laughs> she, her technique was to hold up a mirror, a proverbial mirror, and just say, you know, this is how you are acting. This is how you look right now. And then once I saw myself and could reflect, instead of her being like, go to your room, you know what I mean? Right. She'd be like, this is what you said. Did you mean it? And immediately I would, I would re re relent and uh, feel horrible. Now, by the proverbial mirror, you mean she literally would repeat to you what you just said? Yeah, or, or just say, you know, like, this is how you're acting right now. This is how the world is seeing you. Uh, reflect on it and do you still want to go forward with this mission that you're on right and i never would i i it was so it would stop me in my tracks right right um, that's good and i think that that's a very good parenting technique 
And so if you said to this groundskeeper, um, <laughs> <laughs> and he says, wow, Julio, you look fat. And you said something like, I've, I've never thought that it helped people to comment on their, their body. Right, right, right. You know, right, something right. gentle. Right, holding the mirror up. And to hold them. the mirror up to this guy with his weed whacker. Mm -hmm. Instead of being like, fuck you, you make minimum wage. Like, right, right, saying something fucking rude. Like you that. know, because <laughs> that, by the way, it all extends too, to, um, you know, internet trolls. I think this is the technique I've employed with dealing with them. You know, like if people are like, right. you fuck you, you're not funny. And then I say something like, you know, I'm, I'm doing my best. <laughs> And I, I, I appreciate you following me anyway. I dude. often say that. And then they immediately, they're you like, ah, oh, I'm actually a fan, dude. I'm sorry. I was just giving you a hard time. And then you're and then you can be like, well, fuck you now. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> but, but they expect you to come back with anger right. and, and then anger begets anger and it, you're fanning flames and nobody wins that way. Right. You're right, dude. Wow. So this is good. This is like a holy moment. I talked to Emma Willman about that because she was very struggled as most comedians do with negative comments on her YouTube clips of her doing, you know, Stephen Colbert, right. which what an accomplishment to get a late night appearance like that only to be feeling torn apart. And, and, and instead of acknowledging the great number of views and likes going in and, and looking at the negative comments and, and letting that define your, a, a crowning achievement in your career. I mm -hmm. said, you know, just, if you're going to, respond to these people just say like you know what appreciate you anyway you know whatever and they'll and they'll flip they'll right. they'll be grateful and they'll feel like shit so yeah, looking at the technique. comments is not the move and yeah. dude it's funny i have my only stand-up appearance on t television uh although there's a ton of bad comments but to be honest <laughs> it was it, it got it was gotham comedy live you which, did that the yeah, axis yeah Damn, dude. AXS TV. So much more accomplished than I am in stand-up. <laughs> dude, you have a special. You have a fucking Yeah, but I don't... If it's Might as well be in the bottom of the fucking lake. <laughs> I don't know where it is. I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if there's any record of that. <laughs> By the way, a to lot of people... those who are lucky yeah, enough to see it. Yeah. It's just... Where I don't know. At? Well, sometimes... Uh, the special was great. Like, I got two standing ovations. Great. And uh, it was one of the most fun nights of my life. I was there. I had a great time. I felt like I crushed multiple applause breaks. It's amazing. And then people were like, boy, you really bombed that special. Um, it's like, how can you see the audience react the way it did and think that? Like, I know, I know. How I know. can you ignore the proof is in the pudding. We didn't, in, we didn't pipe those laughs in. This isn't an NBA bubble game. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> they're there clapping and cheering and having a good time. I had to wait for laughs. <laughs> dude, yeah, that's great. So, I mean, dude, but I feel you. So I had a very, very good set as well and a similar thing. What anyway, was this? Access TV Live. ICV, yeah, yeah, um, I had all the, most of the comments are pretty bad. Just like this guy sucks. This is terrible, whatever, whatever doesn't bother me that much since I don't know anybody, any of these people. So in, in, in a way I feel better because I'm like, you're so concerned about me and I have no idea who you are. Right. I like that. That makes me feel good. However, there is something funny about that. So mind you in this, when I filmed that, I was probably 160 pounds. I was like, wow. really? I was actually too skinny. Like my features were like, my nose looked really big. Like, you know, you're too skinny when like 
your facial features start looking way too big. Anyway, mm. and I had this long fucking, sh- and for some reason, I had washed it that day, this long straight hair, dude. And it looks ridiculous. If you guys can check it out on YouTube or something, you should. Is like, this I look insane. like how you looked when you were in the coincidence video? Because your hair was long in that. Yeah, yes. Okay. So, man, I was dating this girl who really liked man buns, too, at the time. So, oh, like, boy. I, looked like an, I just looked like a complete fucking tard, mm-hmm. um, if you're even allowed to say that. Sorry. Um, but anyway, so before I went on stage, my f- buddy Ricky Velez was there, and I was going to wear a hat. And my manager at the time was like, why are you going to wear a hat? This is how he talks. He goes, let him see your beautiful hair. And Ricky's like, dude, you should wear that hat. <laughs> and I listened to the manager and I didn't listen to Ricky. And it's one of my great regrets. Oh, boy. That my only TV stand-up thing, I look ridiculous in. Uh-huh. So that's that. Interesting. Oh, well, <laughs> dude, it's okay. Is that available on YouTube? It is, I think, yeah. Oh, people should check that out. Yeah, it's, it's spelled A-X-S TV. That's the one thing I hate about that credit is when people are like, you've seen him on Access TV. It sounds like they mean Channel 4 at, oh, at 1 local access. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like access, not yeah. like A-access. A- no, TV. but a lot of people did that, and yeah. that was something I always wanted and never got. I asked for it a whole bunch of times, never got it. Yeah, they're a little slippery about it. It's one of those things that's kind of just like a notch on the belt that ultimately like isn't that Doesn't great. probably I mean, add a whole lot. I would have traded places with you in a heartbeat with well, that. That's... I'd rather have a special than seven minutes on a channel no one watches. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, so... Um, good stuff. Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell anchor anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, anchor.fm, download it now. All right. I want to, I want to, what were you going to say? No, no, I have, I had it in case you didn't have something to pivot okay, to. I, I had something, but please. I want to get into, we've talked about it. A bunch of times, but there have been some new developments. Well, let's hear it. Engagement rings. Ooh, okay. All right. So yet another of my close friends proposed to his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And that means that I am now the last man standing in my friend group. I feel like like theme music should be cued there. Now... I'm the last man standing, but we also started our relationship last. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, so everyone who got engaged before us in our in my friend group had been dating their girlfriend bef- prior to when my girlfriend and I started dating. Okay. We're now two years in. We talked about the anniversary. <laughs> the playful allusions to a proposal have become less playful. Mm. They are taking on a more <laughs> realistic and urgent hue. She's been grooming you, dude. There Stay is a... They, yeah, they, Engagement. <laughs> it's like yeah. R. Kelly being like, oh, what if I put you in a cage? <laughs> That'd be funny, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, and then yeah. fucking two months later, you're in a fucking cage. Yep, yep, exactly. So uh, this was... Um, 
a conversation that I had last night with a very dear friend of mine who is engaged and is having a, he, you know, they had planned their wedding for this fall. Obviously, they've changed that. They are going to do a small family sort of gathering ceremony, potentially next summer do a bigger party. But I actually like that. I like that a lot of people are opting for uh, sort of boiled down weddings and, and making it, you know, they're doing away with these $200,000 affairs um, that were so, so much the standard for so many years. And everyone's kind of thought like through, through this, they've realized, well, that's really over the top. And, uh, you know, let's just do what matters to us. And we right. care more about getting married. And yeah. I like that. This is a time of realizing what things we need and don't need. What to matters. Doing. Exactly. And then this is a good example. But the engagement ring thing has not, at least as far as I can tell, the expectations have not changed. Right. People, as as much as the women I know are accepting or or opting for smaller weddings and saying like a 200 person wedding in Acapulco or fucking you know Italy or whatever isn't isn't as important to me. The engagement that has not carried over to the wedding ring. Gotcha. And uh, my buddy had this point to say, <laughs> which was that. He thinks it's in general, it's ridiculous, the market. And he says, it's ridiculous that young people are expected to spend that much money on something. Yeah. That at 30, 31, 29, 27, somehow we are expected to come up with 15000 20000 $25,000 to spend on an object. So, dude... the let me say this. There's something that may have come about that has, can save us in this situation should the day come that we need to, pr- to propose. What's that? And that are uh, synthetic diamonds. Yes. Yeah. You mentioned this the other day. So apparently there's, they, they can make diamonds. They're way cheaper. They're huge. They never stop being shiny. And they're way more sort of uh, like sustainable and politically correct because... There's no chance that it's some kind of laundered diamond that some child mined that is actually a free diamond, which by the way, like conflict free diamonds are like way more expensive from what right. I understand. So I, and, and I was talking to my girlfriend about this jokingly, like you said, we haven't yet gotten to the point where it's less playful, but she was saying how she would be perfectly happy with that and actually would p- potentially prefer it. Well, that's great to hear. I'll have to do some research into this synthetic diamond thing. I can't say for certain whether or not my girlfriend, who, by the way, is an environmentally conscious person, uh, believes in sort of global activism and and everything. I don't know that she's willing to um, (laughs) to let that carry over into her diamond preference. Put your money where your mouth is, girl. So, so... So that's that's exactly right, right? So here's here's what my friend also continued to say. He said <laughs> that at 31, 30, 27 years old, a young man instead of putting 25,000, 15,000 dollars towards this this wedding ring, right? Mm-hmm. If you put that money into the S&P 500 and you buy spies, right? Theoretically, yeah, your shares are going to the, the idea is that they double every 7 years. 8% growth over time, right? Or sorry, not they Eight yeah. percent growth a year on average. Yeah, they double. They double over every seven years, so that by the time your kid is ready for college, 
that $15,000 ring, is it, is it 8%? It's not going to grow 8% a year. I think on average over time, if you, ha- if you have like a market index, it grows 8% over time. Yeah, well, somehow, and, and, and okay, average either year. way, he was like, you know, by the time you, 21 years later, right? that $15,000 that you were going to spend on this object is now 125 grand. Right. Which is, as your kid is turning 18, that's like at least half of college. Even if, even if you're in the most expensive place, half of college. Half of college. And uh, if not more. Right. And doesn't that matter more? Right. And I think a girl would say, I want a man who can do both. <laughs> That's such a fucking cop out. You it's know, bullshit. I do. I listen, man. I'm the build her a school guy. All right, let's not forget that. I remember. I'm that. against engagement rings very much. So, so, you know, <laughs> then he made the point. He goes, "Is there anything in your life right now that you would expect, not just want, but expect to be given that was fifteen thousand to twenty thousand, twenty five thousand dollars?" The answer is a hard no. Okay, so for me at least. So and now keep in mind, right? It's it's something that's given to you. Right. Right? Even if someone gave me a twenty thousand dollar, twenty five thousand dollar car, right, that has utility, that has purpose, that can right. transport you. Yes. It's not an ornament. The diamond ring is an ornament. It's an ornament. To show it's your friends, thing. oh, I'm better than you. Yeah. He goes, he goes, at some point in my life, I would love to have a really cool watch. Sure. He goes, but I don't expect to get that. I don't expect to wear a $25,000 watch before I'm 50 years old. Right. And then he said, by the way, you want to buy a wedding ring, an engagement ring to symbolize this. Great. Spend $1,000. Spend $2,000. Right? Right. And then when you're 60 years old, Buy her a $25,000, a $30,000 ring. Right. Absolutely. That's nice. That's nice too. But I'll this buy is all, myself yeah. that watch. This you know? unfortunately is one of those things where logic sort of isn't as competitive as it should be. Dude. You know what I mean though? I know it's frustrating for both of us. I think about it too. Because especially like I would, I don't want a $25,000 watch. If I, someone gave it to me, I'd pretend to like it and I would sell it and I would go on vacation 10 times. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sure. I, and I think that's fair. I think I can, I can understand wanting a $25,000 watch, you know? Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't ask for it. I certainly wouldn't expect it. Yeah. I wouldn't expect it to be some sort of symbol of how much my significant, my significant other is committing to me mm-hmm. or, you know, loves me. Right. Um, so <laughs> I thought that that was a very interesting, that was the most compelling argument that I had heard in the face of of what engagement rings. Yeah, that's a the, good one. The that's idea good. that young people can't be expected to do this, that if we truly prioritized where the money should go at that age, put it in the stock market, put it towards your family, your family should be the most important thing, mm-hmm. right? You love your kids more than anything else. You certainly love their ability to go to college debt-free more than you should love a fucking totally. engagement totally. ring. Because my arguments up to this point about the silliness of the engagement ring industry were mostly based around the mean the 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 the, in, the lack of inherent value of diamonds absolutely um and you know the fact that de beers convinced us all those years ago with through their marketing com- campaigns right. that a diamond accompanies 
the engage the proposal and all of that. Dude, the same way that um, it's now we're expected, quote unquote, to spend all that money on what right. you're supposed to spend a third of your salary, whatever the fuck they say. Um, it's bullshit. It's yeah. bullshit the same way that cheersing with water is bullshit. Why is that bad luck? Because I'm not going to buy drinks from your bar. Is that why? Ooh. You know what I mean? These bullshit things, like, it's, it's annoying. I don't like being manipulated by, by consumer society like this. I'm, I, don't, I don't fuck with engagement rings either, dude. And it's a tough one. And I'm willing to concede defeat to make the girl woman I love happy someday. So that's, that's the only, that's the only uh, reason to do it. Yeah. That's the only reason, the only is, reason is to say, like, well, I just accept that this is something that's going to make her happy. Yes. And that it's something she wants and it matters to her. And, but, and Right. But where do we draw the line? I'm not going to go start killing people because it makes her happy. I know that's, <laughs> I know that's not particularly compelling. No, but, but I, I think that these arguments are much more... Uh, they have fewer holes in them. You can, you can poke holes in the De Beers silliness lack of inherent value the diamonds all of that you could, there uh, someone could argue a different side of that but i hadn't heard something about expecting a 30 year old person who is still forging ahead in their career who wants to make um you know maybe make a job change and take a risk or start a company or uh right. or Early got, in the game. you know be really really financially smart and put their money into the stock market for mm-hmm. down the road 401k or a college fund for their kid um all of that it just seems to completely snuff out to me i don't know what a counter argument would be that would hold up against that right there like really isn't one but dude you know unfortunately there's things in the world where like no matter how good your argument is there's nothing you can really fucking say religion's a good example too well you know Here's something I've come upon. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's not up to her. Yeah. If you're willing to endure the backlash, because that's why guys do a lot of stuff. They just say it's not worth the fight. The backlash could be bad for that one. That is, that is why men concede on a lot of things. Yeah. Is they just say it's not worth it. Yeah. And, you know, a more nuanced answer is that she does a lot of things for my life. Uh, you know, they're, they're, she brings so much joy. Mm-hmm. She sacrifices on her end, et cetera, for my happiness. Right. So if this is the tit for tat of that, so be it. Right. But the idea of, um, of the wedding ring, you know, I, I just think, is the fight worth is is, is twenty five thousand dollars seems like a fight that is yeah. worth fighting for? I know, I know. That's an expensive hill not to die on, dude. I'm really just laughing, picturing like you being at the party where the guy proposes to his girl, and you're officially the last man standing, and all of a sudden the shot starts to slowly zoom in on you. And your face is just like, and it's like, it's like Francis Ellis is the last man standing. <laughs> well, we, you're like, fuck. You know, we've also talked about 
the family ring thing and I have this ring. Oh dude, yeah, you have a fucking vintage is the most sustainable, brother. I have this ring <laughs> and it's a beautiful ring. It's worth probably more than what I would be able to buy new right now. Dude, that's the move, bro. But when I say that the conversations have become more clear, I mean that she has now started to hint at actual ring layouts. Oh, and it's not the same cut. And she even said, uh, maybe we could go shopping. Which Jesus. really sat poorly with me. That really irked me. I didn't like that at all. And again, I just want to clarify, we all know my girlfriend. So many people have sent me messages lauding the way that she dealt with my uh, depression yeah, and, was great. And, and heralding her as a, as a voice of support. And she, she is all of that. We all know she's the most wonderful person ever. So <laughs> with that said, if I gave her with a family said, ring, if I, if I gave her a family ring, she would be thrilled. I, I, I know that for a fact. But I hate the fact that I feel now that I need to preemptively tell her, listen, I have a family ring. It means a lot to our family that I would give you the wedding, the engagement ring that my mom's mom had and wore for many years. Maybe I'll take it to a jeweler to reset it, to modernize the band, to make it a little bit more my own and personalized for you. But these are the stones that I intend to use. And it just, it's a big deal in our family. And she would, she would accept that. These are the stones. But I don't want to have to say that. I know. I, know. I don't want to have to have that conversation. The idea of ring shopping to me makes me angry. It is a gift. And what do you do with it? It is the old a one? surprise. It is yeah. supposed to be a surprise. Don't you fucking put your hands over your mouth when your boyfriend gets on his knee and post that picture on Instagram like you're the kid from Home Alone and you can't believe that he's proposing when all when you went shopping together three weeks before. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here with this staged surprise. That is horseshit. You are full of shit. This whole thing is bullshit. And I, I'm, I, it makes me angry. Yeah. We're not going shopping out. for a fucking ring. It is my gift to you. You're getting what you're getting and you're <laughs> going to be happy with it because I spent a ton of fucking money. <laughs> uh, dude, I mean, what, listen, imagine I'm just enjoying that. I'm you not gave you. a ring to your fiance mm -hmm. and she said, it's close. Let's see what we can do with it. What would you do? I'd say, okay, I guess. I don't know. Would you accept that? Yeah. And then they take it to a, a store and they get it reworked or put, put a different thing in? Yeah. I guess, like, I guess dude. I don't know. I've, unfortunately, I don't have to think about this yet. <laughs> Someone told me that same buddy who laid out all those profound arguments against the ring industry said to me, uh, he said that he had this argument with, with another friend who had bought a very expensive ring for his fiance and his friend said something like, well, it's an investment. They hold value. Really? We have bullshit. What girl do you know who's <laughs> gone to a fucking pawn shop recently <laughs> and sold that ring so that they can pay their mortgage on their house? Yeah. That's a justification. The, the people who take rings to 
pawn shops are people who whose sons have been wrongfully placed in prison and they need to hire the expensive attorney to create the movie, you know, right, 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 for right. fucking Disney or whatever. Right. Yeah, or dude. junkies. That's it. Yeah, that's not it. Yeah. <clears throat> Those that's... are the two times. So, dude, here's the question, though. What's going to happen? <laughs> what happens to that ring, then, if you don't use it? Does it just go on your fucking Christmas tree? Like, what? It, like there is There is no scenario on Earth where I'm not using that ring. Good, yeah. Think about that, right? Yeah. The, 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 I can't, in good conscience, I cannot, as somebody who has a sense of financial uh, responsibility, I cannot buy a new ring when I have this one. Right. Not just from the standpoint of like, just take away the, the guilt of knowing my mom wants me to give this to my, my betrothed someday. <laughs> take away the, the passing on of the family tradition. All of that, I cannot, when I'm sitting on this asset, go out and get another one. I cannot do yeah. it. And dude, like, I think the, the, what you said is a reasonable, you know, uh, kind of like arrangement where if she doesn't like the way it is, you can get a change. You can customize I it. I disagree, though. What do you mean? Didn't you if just say I that already? A, if I give a, all right, it's one thing if. She gives me some pointers and points right, me in the right, right direction, and then I take it to a yes. a jewelry store and try to rearrange it on in a way that is closer to what she wants, and put it on a new band, right? Yeah. Because I get the idea; it's a little bit macabre to to get a ring that was worn by somebody who's passed away, and and who presumably who wore it until their dying day, which right. means probably the ring was taken off their dead finger, right. which I don't think I don't agree. I think that that makes it a more kind of like powerful. That gives me a little bit of a, uh, the, the soul is, I don't know. Right. There's kind of a it's charged. The diamond is charged. Yeah. There's a bit of a, as I've said, a bit of a Horcrux vibe yeah. going on there <laughs> from there for the Harry Potter fans. Uh, so I, I get that a little bit and there is a precedent now in our family for this because my sister's husband was given, uh, my mom, my dad's mom's ring to give to my sister, uh, or maybe it was my dad's grandmother's ring to give to my sister, but first he took it to a shop and had them kind of rearrange it and make it a little bit more his own. But saving so much money because the stones are what are really expensive mm -hmm. and then he gave it to my sister my sister was thrilled so there is a precedent for that okay but if you gave the ring to your fiance mm -hmm. and then she said i want to rework this it sucks like you want to avoid that moment at all costs for dude sure. that would be a hard thing for me to overcome i'm so sorry and if that speaks if that if that paints me poorly i accept it but if <laughs> my fiance took the thing that i had given to her especially a family treasure and went to a store and like added an emerald or changed the diamonds around took something out put it on you know, really made it different. Um, I would just think like, boy, I underestimated how superficial you are. Well, I'm worried because it's sounding like you, you are hinting at perhaps that's a possibility. I say this, I should depart from it being my own personal uh, expectation. I don't think any of this is come, is going to come in to, to bear in my situation. 
but I do know that there are people out there who have who have gone through this. And to them I say that's bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's not great. That's bad. But you could also argue, listen, I mean, this is obviously an important thing. It's like the only thing, it's like their most important thing in their fucking life for a lot of these a lot of these girls out there, women out there, whatever. <sighs> and, you know, you should try your best to do your due diligence. To a degree. I understand that if you do a little bit and then you give it and they hate it, like that's a fucked up situation and they're not so, right for it. I'm so disgusted by the idea that this is the most important thing. I know, dude. I, I agree. Life. I fully agree with you. I don't like it either. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I love my golf club. Yeah. You know how much they cost? Thousand bucks? Yeah, like eighteen hundred. I spent a lot. I okay. customized them a little bit. Okay. Eighteen hundred dollars. Right? That's not fifteen thousand. That's not twenty five thousand. <laughs> if there were a fire in our apartment, right? What's 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 the thing you what's you what are you getting? What are you saving? Computer, hard drives. Yeah, that's a pretty good answer. What about you? Sound like a fucking hacker. <laughs> <laughs> The hard drive. I, I need my code. I need to get my hard drive. Um, I don't know exactly. Yeah, sure. May, maybe like a, uh, I hate to say a, a, a nice painting, but there are things that are irreplaceable. Right. Things that have sentimental value. Um, right. I don't even know why I opened that can of worms. It's all right. But. Um, so, dude, are you like, are you on the, like, thinking about it? Are you on the timeline? Are you like. I. I waffle. I waffle between there are some major life questions that need to be answered yeah. before I have the freedom of brain space to really plan this. Yeah, I sense inner conflict. And it that isn't to say that something would come up in our life that would send me away from wanting to propose. Mm -hmm. I, I am confident that my girlfriend is the person I would like to spend the rest of my life in with. You like to spend the rest of your life in her, dude. Yeah. I want to just live in her <laughs> in the wisps of her neck hair. <laughs> yeah. Weird. Um, but, but there's just, I mean, you know, we got to figure out our fucking apartment situation where we're living jobs. So I just need, I, I, I want to be in a good brain space before I, because I don't want to be stressed about it. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go into a proposal with any kind of distractions. I, and Doubt. Maybe, maybe that's crazy, but like... It's not, dude. That's kind of just how I feel. I know that if, if I were you, and I'm even a couple years older than you, if I was feeling that pressure right now, I wouldn't like it, and I wouldn't be ready. Yeah, that's right. So I understand. That's how I feel. That's just how I feel. So... Good. I don't, and I don't like, I don't like the jokes either. I don't like, I don't like the way the conversation is trending. Yeah. Don't pressure me. I'll but, do it when I do it. Yeah. Good. Stick and I will also be honest. We talked about that future faking, the narcissism thing. Yeah. Where the idea was that narcissists will allude to or promise things in the future, in the distant future, keep it vague. Right. As a way of maintaining some kind of control over you. Mm -hmm. um, I don't, that's not what I mean to do here. No, I not. will be perfectly honest. If ever there's a moment where I feel like 
all of a sudden my feelings have changed and I don't intend to propose or I, do, I can't say for certain that we see that being the case, I will tell her because I want to let her have the chance to make her own decisions. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, dude, I like, and this to everybody out here listening to this as kind of like a, one of our final thoughts on this. I think that the most valuable bargaining chip is being able to walk away from the deal. So if you're in a relationship and you don't like how things are going and you you stick to what you want to do and what's important to you. And if that doesn't work and you guys can't connect on it, then it's okay to walk away. There's somebody else out there for you. Yeah. You know, I agree with that. And why don't we, why don't we, what were you going to say? I was going to say, I'm not saying that to you. No, I'm saying in general. Um, but, and it sounds like, I mean, you, these are minor obstacles for you. You'll figure that out. These are the glaring things, but yeah. So agreed. We'll, we'll stop there for today. Uh, that was a heated episode. I really got a little worked up there and I apologize for that. I don't even know if I was kidding. Don't be self-conscious. Um, (laughs) (laughs) good luck. If you're thinking of proposing, uh, I think that, I think the quarantine made up a lot of people's minds, right? Which was that it either split couples mm-hmm. or it said, wow, this is clearly a person I want to spend the rest of my life with. Let's begin that now. Right. So that's why I think I'm seeing a lot of proposals on Instagram. Yeah. I'm seeing a yeah. lot of them. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Um, so we're oops, the podcast, send your stories, your thoughts on, on diamond buying <laughs> the diamond <laughs> industry. If you have any knowledge about the synthetic diamonds, I'd be keen to hear that We'd too. We'd love to hear about those. Uh, oops, the podcast at gmail.com. Follow our YouTube, our Instagram. Please rate and review our podcast if you enjoy it. If you don't enjoy it, either way, I'm Francis and he's Julio and we will see you soon. Thank you very much. Also, if you don't enjoy it, don't you don't have to say it also. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not in public, at least. All right, thank see you, everybody. You guys.